today. We've got a few articles to kind of run into as lobbying for federal cannabis reform hits mainstream, including the CEO of Chicago-based Cresco Labs dumping a bunch of money into legalization. But the U.S. Supreme Court won't hear the legalization case, but that's not stopping Scott's miracle grow from funding and legalizing adult use in New Jersey. But will Trump legalize pot to win the re-election? One top lawyer says he thinks he could, but is it actually a fix for state budget woes? One study says no. <laughs> Welcome back to The Talking Hedge. I'm Josh Kincaid, capital markets analyst and host of your cannabis business podcast. To dive into all of that is Katrina Golgowski, angel investor and attorney. Katrina, thanks for being back on the podcast. Thanks, Josh. All right, so we've got a couple of articles to kind of dive into. First thing I kind of want to show you is this chart from NJ Business Daily about lobbying for the federal cannabis reform in 2020. Lots of dough being thrown around, of course. So lobbying for cannabis reform in the U.S. has evolved from a fringe issue a decade ago to political priority that absorbed more than $3 million of registered lobbyists in Washington, D.C. Yay. This is good. Uh, every other industry has lobbyists. Why not cannabis? Absolutely. So according to the MJ Business Daily article, uh, analysis of federal lobbying disclosures recorded uh, are more than 3.5 million spent in the first two quarters of this year alone. And so for that price take, shareholders got at least 89 lobbyists to support Congress bills such as the Marijuana Opportunity Reinvestment Expunge Act or the MORE Act, which we're going to get into in just a moment. So the bill is expected to receive a full vote on the floor of the U.S. House Representatives. And so other priorities are the Secure and Fair Enforcement or the Safe Banking Act, which passed the full House last year before stalling in the key Senate committee. The States Act, which is strengthening the 10th Amendment through entrusting states, the Marijuana Freedom and Opportunity Act, which is a descheduling measure, the repeal of 280E, which doesn't allow you to write off taxes, and then the U.S. Food and Drug Administrator's policy on cannabis and hemp. So a lot going on, but first I kind of want to touch base on an article uh, for the Chicago-based Cresco Labs talking about legal cannabis industry challenges. This is just one example of a multi-state operator with help from lobbyists uh, throwing money at the system to try and get that legalized in New Jersey, which is a huge state for cannabis. Absolutely. Uh, it's, they're, they're trying to push for uh, adult recreational use in New Jersey and obviously they think it's going to be an uphill battle, so they are funding. Uh, thank you, Citizens United, excuse me, Citizens United, which allow uh, corporate entities to take these positions. Yeah, and there's a lot of money being thrown around just in regular sales. So Illinois, which I think I thought was the 11th state, but apparently Vermont is, so I'm going to have to figure that that out. But sales more than tripled in the first half of this year to $161 million. Um, and that's just for Cresco Labs. And so now they're publicly traded. Uh, I mean, there's a ton of money. So obviously, they want to make sure that they have an opportunity to generate even more revenue in New Jersey, uh, which is going to create a lot of FOMO for, for New York, obviously. I think what we see in New Jersey uh, after uh, New York has passed medical cannabis, uh, they want to get on the recreational cannabis bandwagon as soon as possible to get their market developed before New York legalizes. 
Mm-hmm. It's just a money play because you know it's going to pass. Right. Is there any recent cannabis legalization measures on a state-by-state basis that have not passed recently? Every every state that wants to legalize it, legalizes it. So I, I'm wondering what's different about New Jersey that people are trying to fund it. Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. I'm going to speculate and just say that I think it has a lot to do with uh, New York just kind of becoming a ghost town. Um, New Jersey has been really, really heavy on trying to get high frequency traders into New Jersey and getting a lot of uh, Wall Street over. There's been, you know, people kind of vacating for the Hamptons to Miami. And I guess maybe New Jersey's trying to collect some of those people trying to run away from from Manhattan. but they're also seeing money coming in from Scott's Miracle Grow leading the funding in New Jersey as well. So obviously they see the Eastern Seaboard kind of starting in New Jersey and then working its way out, even though you've got Maryland and Massachusetts that are stalling New Jersey. They've got $800,000 of, of the nearly $1.3 million raised uh, from Scott's Miracle Grow, according to state records. The donations reflecting how mainstream companies are trying to take a keen interest in cannabis uh, and obviously legalization. Yeah, this does not surprise me at all. Uh, if you know anything about growing cannabis, you know about Scott's Miracle Grow. It's sort of like everybody's super secret sauce, uh, especially when you were growing in your basement before technology addressed these things. So, of course, we need. Uh, big corporate America. Scott's is a reputable brand. Everybody knows Scott's. Uh, I think my, by memory, they're an Ohio company and they want to get into play and increase their market share. So of course, support additional legalization. And again, Citizens United allows them to do so. And there's also... Yeah, it is great. There's also the New Jersey chapter of the American Civil Liberties Union donating 323500 to promote awareness for the November 3rd adult use legalization ballot. And so I guess that's a great transitioning point to ask, will Trump legalize pot to win the reelection? One top lawyer thinks that he could. Uh, what's your take? I think he has less than two weeks to legalize pot across the board on a federal basis. I think if he was going to do so, he already would have done so. Um, Anything is possible, uh, but I don't think that he will legalize pot prior to the election. Obviously, one big thing would be to help fix state budget woes, um, asking the question, will it fix the state budget was one study says no, but before we get into that, looking at a Supreme Court case that won't hear legalization. So there's a three year long attempt to legalize cannabis at the federal level through a lawsuit, which has come to a close with the US Supreme Court declining to hear the case. It was um, filed back in 2017 by Marvin Washington, good friend of the podcast. So Josh here, uh, Marvin Washington and other people with him uh, they they sued to have a judicial ruling as opposed to change by legislation, a judicial ruling of uh, cannabis being uh, treated as a Schedule One drug by the DEA, uh, and their case was dismissed at the state level, 
And as a result of that, they lost effectively. Um, and then they appealed to the Supreme Court, which declined to hear the case. They didn't make a decision. The Supreme Court just said, we're not gonna hear this case, which it resulted in um, the dismissal, the loss of uh, Mr. Washington in this case to deschedule cannabis as a schedule one drug. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but knowing Marvin, he's not gonna just stop at that. So hopefully he'll appeal it or just keep on fighting it. Um, but regardless, Marvin's from New York and so he's gonna keep doing what he's doing locally and uh, for the nation. And so uh, New York is gonna need the money in order to get themselves out of this hole and so um, I guess we'll wrap up with asking if legalizing cannabis is a quick fix for state budget woes. Kind of feel like that's a leading question because you already know my take, this isn't for the kids, this is for the money and uh, states are broke. So so is the federal government, can't keep printing trillions and expect to uh, uh, not have some kind of recourse. So I think that whether you're New Mexico or New Jersey, you're going to be looking at this to help with your budget deficits. I agree wholeheartedly, Josh. Uh, 100%. I think you're right. You're looking at Illinois. They're broke, dead broke. Uh, you can't ask uh, Boeing to move from Seattle and offer zero taxes and expect to stay in business. It's just not really how it works. So Illinois got $52 million in tax revenue alone in the first half of this year. Colorado collected more than $244 million from January to August. California is expected to bring in $479 million for the year. And so a lot of businesses um, are excited about that opportunity, as well as trying to get into states like California. And yet you have some groups saying that um, maybe it won't result in helping budget deficits. Not really sure what, uh, what their take is on that. Maybe they have some bias. Maybe it's backed by something. Um, well, I mean, here, his first argument is how long it takes to raise the money. And that's because in the beginning, you know, Washington and uh, Colorado, I think from legalization to the first day of sales was, was years. And so that's their first argument. Is, 20 months. Yeah, years. It, it was ridiculous. Um, and uh, so that that's their, their first support for, it's not going to fix your budget because it takes years. But well, isn't that, I'm sorry to interrupt, but isn't that their fault? Like Maine has been taking 47 months, but I mean, whose fault is that? It's the legislator's fault. And it's also a false comparison because you can't compare Colorado and Washington, which were first and had to deal with the coal memo and everything else and, and with no framework whatsoever compared to Nevada that just cut and paste and cherry picked from the states they liked and they were to market in eight months. So, yeah, Illinois had seven months, Nevada had eight months and yet, I mean, they're doing fine, but Massachusetts and Maine, you know, 24 and 47 months and kind of dragging their feet, some of them declaring cannabis non-essential. So yeah, I mean, when you put roadblocks in the way, of course it's gonna take a long time. It is, and there's no reason for it now. Um, you have your choice of models to replicate. Do you wanna be like Colorado? Do you wanna be like Washington? Do you wanna be the mess that is California? So there's no reason legislation should uh, hold up the process going forward, Josh. 
Right. I mean, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy if you don't think cannabis is going to help because it takes too long because you're the one making it take so long. So <laughs> I guess that's, we can just wipe out that excuse right there because that's that's garbage. You can just do it in, in two quarters and be done with it. Um, so... There's some other issues, I guess. Uh, you know, David Hess of, of Trust Capital said several years ago, some debate was possible. Now there's an indisputable data that shows that state legalization equals job creation and tax revenue. And cannabis is simply one of the few sectors that government can identify with, with a flick of a legal switch, revenue employment can be found. So whatever these other bureaucrats are thinking that cannabis won't help uh, fix budget woes, I, I don't think that accepting uh, printer money from the feds is gonna help either. And, you know, we don't really make anything in the U.S. anymore. So how else are you going to generate revenue? I'm not saying that cannabis is the only thing. There's a lot of things that we can do. But to dismiss it right off the bat by saying that it, your job as a, as a bureaucrat <laughs> is, is slowing things down, I think is a terrible um, reason for not moving forward with it. If anyone does not know, and you are sitting there in New Jersey trying to decide how you're going to help your state if you're a legislature, or how to increase the uh, the tax revenue, uh, look at Seattle. Seattle is the home of Amazon. The cannabis industry created more jobs in the state of Washington than Amazon. Hmm more by by an exponential factor it wasn't like one extra job um i i would have to uh check the statistics uh but it was something like double and cannabis jobs are not uh fast food minimum wage jobs uh so you can thank cannabis for putting more people to work in washington than amazon yeah, bud tenders in Washington are making $15 an hour. In order to get that at the minimum wage level, you need to go to SeaTac. That's the only city in Washington state that offers that $15 minimum wage. And Rick Garza of the uh, Liquor and Cannabis Board had said that he thought there was over 2,000 rec stores uh, before regulation. So as they move from medical to rec, uh, they essentially got rid of 1,500 stores. That's a lot of employment just wiped out and a lot of accessibility for people to access their low-cost medication. Uh, and especially right now with uh, disposable income not really there, people are transitioning towards low-budget uh, weed, which is what we discussed, you know, last week on the podcast, Canada uh, data is already showing that there's a shift towards low cost, low budget alternatives, as people are still struggling, but they still want it. And that's not unique, you can go to Argentina or uh, Venezuela, I mean, and look at uh, one of the top 10 bartered items is cigarettes. So people aren't going to stop their vice just because they're not on the shelf. You know, people want sugar, salt, uh, medical equipment, food and cigarettes. Uh, so I think you, know, you can add cannabis to that in a legal or regulated market as well. So one of those things that people want, need uh, and prefer, um, they're just gonna have to kind of figure that out the hard way. <laughs> well, it was deemed essential in many, many, many states, Josh. Yeah, all of the smart ones. <laughs> all right, all with that- Wanted tax revenue anyway. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of tax revenue, a lot of opportunities. Uh, November 3rd is going to be huge. So we'll definitely uh, be back here next month reporting on that. I want to thank my guest, Katrina Glugowski, angel investor and attorney. Thanks for being back on the podcast. 
Thanks, Josh. With that, we're going to roll this one up. I'm Josh Kincaid. This is The Talking Hedge. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't, and I'm out. Don't forget to smash that like button on your way out and check out these other videos that we've got. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. How do cannabis CEOs balance growth and optimization strategies? What is THCO, Delta 10, and CBNA, and why should you care about these minor cannabinoids? And why is an endocannabinoid system covered in medical school? Most people think they're up to date in trends in the cannabis industry, but they're about six weeks behind. Learn about what is truly next in the cannabis space by joining myself, Brian Fields, and Kellen Finney every week on the Dime Podcast and, of course, on PodConnects.